In this episode, you will hear testimony from teachers, parents, and health professionals from across the United States advocating for safe technology. This is the Environmental Health Trust podcast. EHT is a scientific nonprofit committed to creating a healthy and safe environment. EHT scientists publish research, translate the science, and work to raise awareness about environmental toxins, health, and telecom industry influence. Our vision is a world where technology is both revolutionary and safe. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter at ehtrust.org to receive the latest science regarding wireless technology and health. Senate Bill 283, relating exposure to radiation in schools in the state and declaring emergency. Thank you, Mr. President. I call this Senate Bill 283 my Wi-Fi bill. We in the United States are behind in examining the health effects of Wi-Fi, and Oregon will be taking a small step in this direction if we pass this bill. Around the world, many countries have stopped using Wi-Fi and started looking into the health effects caused by this technology. Is it an extreme to stop using Wi-Fi? Well, I hope not, because I certainly use Wi-Fi. I don't have enough information, though, to say that, but we can't keep our heads in the sand and pretend that maybe nothing is wrong. We need to do our due diligence to see if exposure to Wi-Fi could be harming kids in schools as well as in the rest of society. Did you know that children in schools are exposed for seven hours each day to high-frequency pulse-modulated microwave radiation and from high-signal power output wireless routers, laptops? tablets, smart boards, and cell phones. Exposure to Wi-Fi has left some children, not many, but some children and teachers already suffering from microwave sickness and has resulted in them no longer actually to be able to be, attend school or work in the schools. We do know that children are more susceptible to harm than adults and repeated exposure to microwave radiation is cumulative. Research shows that children's developing brains, eyes, and bone marrow absorb this radiation three to ten times deeper than adults. The United States National Toxicology Program recently completed ten studies, uh, and they released these uh, findings which concluded that there is a clear evidence of cancer and DNA damage from exposure to radio frequency radiation. And back in 2011, the World Health Organization classified microwave radiation from all wireless devices, including Wi-Fi, a Class B possible carcinogen. Be that as it may, we know that powerful industries in this country have a vested interest in leading the public to believe that electromagnetic frequency or electromagnetic radiation are harmless because we cannot see it, taste it, or touch it. Touch it. Industry's reach ca uh, carries over into government regulatory agencies also. Many high-profile health advocacy organizations and public policy makers are being influenced by money from these industries. This has resulted in a climate where legislation on behalf of public health and child safety is virtually non-existent in the U.S while many other countries have already started taking and are taking action. For many years, hundreds of scientists, medical professionals, and health researchers 
have been studying the biological effect of microwave radiation. And these include, but are not limited to the American Academy of Pediatrics, the European Parliament, the governments of France, Germany, Cyprus, Bavaria, the American Academy of Environmental Medicine, the California Medical Association, and doctors from Harvard, Yale, and Columbia universities, even teachers unions and PTA groups. One router manufacturing company warns in their safety information to keep electromagnetic uh, frequency as low as possible. You should not place the router in rooms where children sleep or where people frequent because of the integrated antennas that emit and receive electromagnetic waves. The aim is to keep the exposure to radiation as low as possible. You know that right now there are some, many, or maybe most, I don't know if all, commercial liability insurance firms no longer insure policyholders for harm coming from microwave radiation. The disclaimer is even in the policy held by the Portland Public Schools, issued by their insurance, which reads, will not reimburse for cost of expense arising directly or indirectly out of, resulting from, caused or contributed to by electromagnetic radiation, provided that such loss, cost, or expense result from or are contributed to by the hazardous properties of electromagnetic radiation. This includes any cost for the actual or threatened abatement, mitigation, or removal. So, and in addition to the risk of harm to children and others, the lack of insurance coverage basically leaves local school boards and state government liable for lawsuits. Despite media reports, parent advocacy informs school board members, rapidly accelerating numbers of scientific studies and international appeals by scientists and medical professionals, there has been no effort made by the Department of Ed, Department of Health, school boards, school superintendents, school safety officials, or the political establishment to protect children, teachers, and others from harm relating to wireless technology. We really do need to start informing te students, teachers, parents, and school employees of the manufacturer's safety information, which they have when you buy that equipment, that is, it is included with every wireless device that warns users to keep tablets, laptops, cell phones, and wireless routers away from their bodies. Maryland has actually is the first state to implement a plan in the United States to look at how Wi-Fi is affecting people. And I hope you look at, at a couple of the floor letters that are on, the, on your desk. So this is what the bill does. All it does, it requires the Oregon Health Authority to review scientific studies regarding the health effects of exposure to microwave radiation from the use of wireless network technologies in schools and then the bill also requires the Oregon Department of Education to develop recommendations for schools that would reduce, not eliminate, but would reduce the student's exposure to the types of microwave radiation um, uh, that might be harmful. So as a former public health nurse, I know that I've been made fun of for having this bill, but I really think it is important to look at technology advancement advancements from a public health perspective, and I urge an I vote.
And I'm a parent in Montgomery County, and I'm really excited to be here to talk to you about some really important things that I have been learning. All of our students are using internet way more than we ever imagined that they would be. And there are best practices for doing it safely without using the Wi-Fi. According to the New Jersey Education Association article, minimize health risks from electronic devices, specifically recommends using wires and cables such as this ethernet adapter, USB to ethernet. Totally simple, very easy. My kids do it themselves. They've been doing it for years in school as well as now at home. The New Jersey Education Association published in their article a list of things that people can do to help reduce the dangers of brain damage and other health risks from Wi-Fi. For example, keeping your device away from your body. This is really important. If your kids are laying in bed, they're just sitting there with a the device on their body. Carrying their phones off of their body. Using all of your devices hardwired that can connect to the internet. That's where this comes in. We all used to use ethernet cords, so it's just really doing what we know, and what we know is that that is 100% safer. Um, we wanna make sure that printers, projectors, and other kinds of boards are wired and plugged in. Um, Hardwired phones as opposed to cell phones. And putting your devices, um, and that can be laptops, as well as cell phones on airplane mode, which suspends the emission of EMF, electromagnetic frequencies. So if you disable your Bluetooth, your GPS, etc., you are not continuously exposing your body to harmful wireless radiation. So I am calling on the Board of Education in Montgomery County to please step up and be sure that all families have this knowledge that I found um, so that they can make informed choices about connecting to the internet more safely and honestly much more reliably we never get kicked off our internet we can have multiple kids using the internet at the same time when we simply use wires and turn off the wi-fi okay speaker number two please i'm a teacher at johnny cochran middle school and i came here today in part because i am um very sensitive to the wi-fi um i know that there were um, several resolutions from 2000 to 2009, 2013, with regards to protecting the health and safety of students as well as employees. At the present time, I am in an ongoing debate, discussion with my principal at Cochrane Middle School um, with regards to keeping the wire connections in my classroom unplugged um, that are connecting to the actual Wi-Fi. Over the spring break, I'm assuming they put the Wi-Fi in for the Common Core Smart and Balanced Test. When I came back to work that Monday, I was deathly ill, and the illness continued. Um, I had emergency surgery last week. Now, I cannot say causality was the Wi-Fi. Um, I passed out at school and had to be rushed to the hospital and had surgery that day. So, you know, I have a doctor's note now clearly explaining why um, I had the symptoms that I had, and I have an appointment tomorrow with a heart doctor 
to also verify the Wi-Fi concerns. I was told by my doctor on Friday that individuals who have mercury in the mouth, such as myself, um, the mercury conducts the Wi-Fi and manifests differently in individuals like myself who have the mercury in my mouth. So as a result, I am more sensitive than most people. And the Wi-Fi doesn't happen immediately. The illness doesn't happen immediately. It takes about an hour, two hours, or three hours, depending on the level of exposure in the room. So I am asking um, this panel here to really consider. You know, I've had bleeders in my classroom recently when I've come back from spring break. The students are having nosebleeds and the main offices are refusing to do incident reports. I've had two seventh grade students bleeding out of their ears. So I do think that there needs to be some kind of ongoing transparency where you're involving the students and not just having the adults always in the conversations and not just selecting certain individuals to speak for LAUSD students. Um, I believe that's all that I have to say. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. What school did you say? I'm at Cochran Middle School, and since I do have time off, uh, it's a concern for me at Cochran Middle School. I've lost a lot of um, my um, coworkers. I'm a cancer survivor. I had cancer in 2008. I'm the parent of six children, and I want to be around to see them grow up. And when I am in the Wi-Fi classroom, I don't feel good at all. So I do think that you should take this very seriously because the Constitution does say that thou shalt not harm, and you're harming me. Thank you for Thank your time. You. Thank you. So thanks so much for having me here today. Um, I'm here to talk about 4 and 5G wireless health dangers and removing it from our schools. Science and medicine are warning that wireless radiation causes damage to DNA, cancer, infertility, autism, ADHD, and behavioral problems. The, science, the scientific debate is over. The 4G levels to which we are currently exposed are adversely affecting human health. Next generation 5G will exponentially increase these fields, and none of that tech, including the gadgets, were ever independently tested for harm to biological life before being allowed to blanket our communities. But industry in its position has used its influence on national committees to provide endless discussion of the science, which apparently led to no conclusion. But now, with the statements of International Agency for Research on Cancer, with a succession of animal studies by Chu in 92, by Ripacioli in 97, and by the NTP recently confirmed by Ramazzini in Italy, there is scientific evidence that is so strong that you can be certain that Health Canada standards are wrong. The 2016 10-year, $30 million study conducted by the National Institute of Health was supposed to demonstrate that there were no effects of radiation below thermal, and in fact, it demonstrated exactly the opposite, and it follows on the heels of two major animal studies that said exactly the same thing. They repeatedly found evidence of cancer. Health Canada Safety Code 6 has not been updated in over 40 years. It still only considers thermal effects, a cell phone's ability to heat the brain of a huge mannequin. What about babies, children, pregnant women? Where are the accommodation for those with electrosensitivity sickness? It's not enough to routinely meet concerns with emissions are well within Health Canada guidelines. These guidelines indicate acceptable radiation levels, which are orders of magnitude above what has been demonstrated as safe when non-thermal effects are considered. Health Canada's Code 6 is not protective and hundreds of times less stringent than other nations. 
hardwired fiber optic cable is safer, faster, and more secure, and would avoid wirelessly radiating millions of unsuspecting citizens. The writing is on the wall. Please pause the 5G rollout. Would you truthfully want to live next to a cell tower given the choice? Cell towers placed too close to people violate our human right to protect our health. They violate our right not to be experimented upon. I certainly do not consent to a military-grade small cell facility on the light post outside my front door. Beaming military carrier waves into homes constitutes trespassing, and if it makes me uncomfortable because science has proven it causes harm, that's called assault. Can Peel be sued for protecting me and refusing an inappropriate antenna placement? Who has the final authority? This is the most important function of our government. Since Wi-Fi causes cancer, it does not belong in our schools. Kill, kids absorb 75% more radiation. There are laws banning it in Australia, India, Spain, Switzerland, Italy, Austria, Germany, Israel, Cyprus, and Finland. Please regulate tighter restrictions. You did it for peanut allergies. To not respect developments in science, warnings of top scientific experts would seem crazy. Would you have your child ingest something that hundreds of peer-reviewed studies say is harmful? Just last week, I had this conversation with a not-for-profit preschool, and this week, the school was hardwired, and those children are now safer for it. The reality is that this is the greatest environmental and safety threat of our time. The public is getting sick, and the government isn't up to date with the science. This is when we need our representatives to represent. Please don't tell me it's not within your jurisdiction. This is not on the news because telecoms own the media, but they warn their shareholders about future financial risks from EMF because no one will insure them. Where's my warning when I buy their products? I need a magnifying glass to read the manufacturer's insert that says don't put the thing to your head. You see, if they keep the scientific argument about safety going, the apparent lack of certainty helps reassure customers that their phone addiction is hopefully harmless. Hold wireless companies accountable for keeping their tech safe. Refuse industry-funded evidence and eliminate individuals with strong financial ties to industry from governing committees. There's way too much money in politics. The two takeaways are our kids need to learn about technology from safely hardwired devices, not wireless. And respect to four, with respect to 4 and 5G, appropriate testing must happen before it's allowed to roll out. Thank you, President Durso. Welcome back to school, everybody. I hope everyone's off to a great start. I'm an active PTA member and parent at Fields Road Elementary School in Gaithersburg, and a huge fan of the school, by the way. We've done some great things over the last few years. Um, but I'm also here today as a member of the MCC PTA Safe Technology Subcommittee. The Safe Tech Committee is a growing group of parents that's focused on the digital well-being of our kids. Through information sharing with Mr. Savanini's office and the board, I hope to contribute to an even safer online environment for MCPS kids. I spoke with Mr. Savanini last week, and he openly received my questions and comments specifically about two issues, cell phones in elementary schools and cell towers. As you are the decision makers, I'd like to bring you those requests today. Let's start with cell phones. This past June, the device carrying policy was revised to include elementary schoolers. Any parent or teacher I've spoken with about five, seven, or 10-year-olds carrying cell phones to school 
prefer the waiver system that was in place prior to June. I had an in-depth meeting with, um, about this topic with Mr. Collette last December and frankly left the meeting thinking the community suggestions I brought to the table would be baked into the revision. There were two ideas that I brought. One was that it be extended only to fourth and fifth graders, and the other was to disallow the use of cell phones on buses where the kids are unsupervised and off the secure MCPS network. Why do I care? Why do we care? I think you'd all agree that kids are better off interacting with one another and their parents, I might add, um, directly than through a device. What is intended as a tool is nothing more than a fancy toy to a child and also a distraction at school. Melinda Gates said as much in a recent Washington Post piece, the Atlantic Monthly just wrote about how smartphones are destroying a generation, and then there's this month's Bethesda Magazine cover story. I urge the board to consider reverting back to the waiver system. Next up is cell towers. A big topic, I'll be brief, um, and I think maybe you've received a memo from me in the past. Um, and I don't know if any of you have had the pleasure to sit in on a community cell tower meeting. Um, suffice it to say that parents are a little upset about leasing school grounds to for-profit cell carriers. In no way does it enhance the kids' education, and it remains to be seen whether RF radiation is safe at any distance. I ask that MCPS join Prince George's County and add itself to the list of schools around the country and the nation who put moratoriums on cell facilities. Before I leave, I'll just reiterate that the Safe Tech Committee is a great resource for the board and MCPS. We are professors, lawyers, scientists, therapists, and homemakers who are fully invested in our kids' well-being. We know you are too, and we look forward to helping to be your eyes and ears on this topic. Thank you. And then I also wanted to make note of this letter that was sent to the Board of Education yesterday from the Phoenicia PTA, and I'll read it. The Phoenicia PTA has been presented on more than one occasion with information regarding the possible health implications of children's daily exposure to Wi-Fi in the classroom. The information that we have reviewed has raised parents' concerns over its safety, and we have decided to support the Board of Education in adopting the precautionary principle regarding the technology. It is our understanding that Wi-Fi and all wireless devices emit non-thermal microwave radio frequency electromagnetic radiation recently reclassified by the WHO IARC as a class 2B possible human carcinogen. Parents are concerned that growing children will be most affected by possible disruptions to cell growth and brain function. There is concern over the possible effects on fertility, cardiac fun function, and cancers. We understand that the Board of Education is currently discussing taking action on the issue. We support the BOE in dismantling the Wi-Fi in the classrooms at Phoenicia School and in moving forward to continue to update the safer, hardwired computer access to classrooms. We support the BOE in dismantling the Wi-Fi in the classrooms at Phoenicia School and in moving forward to continue to update the safer, hardwired computer access to classrooms. So I'd like to stress again that I think it would be in our 
students' best interests if we disabled the Wi-Fi at this time. To learn more about why and how to reduce exposure to cell phone and wireless radiation, as well as HALT 5G, visit ehtrust.org. If you find our podcast and materials useful, please donate to EHT. Your tax-deductible donation makes the difference for our nonprofit. Join us on Patreon to participate in webinars and be sure to sign up for our monthly newsletter. Thank you for listening.